Welcome to Fringe Element here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. My name is Aaron Dugan. You can follow me on Twitter at the Aaron Dugan or the Graham Aaron underscore Dugan. Before we tell you who's coming up on the show today, uh, quick reminder, Jeff Merrick of Sportsnet, who knows everything there is to know about hockey, was on the Gold Standard podcast with Adam Bingen and myself, so go check out that one. Chad Withrow from his new show, Outkick 360, is going to be on uh, Lamestream Sports coming out on Fridays. That one's coming out uh, this week, so go check that conversation out, as well as the 440 out every single day. 440, wherever podcasts are found. Spencer Hall, every day should be Saturday, and like a million other things over the course of his career, is our main guest on the show today, Aaron. Before we get into what we discussed, and it was a lot. A lot. Fringe Element is brought to you by Jaspers. Jaspers. We are so close to all being able to go out and just cram into a bar shoulder to shoulder and watch college basketball. But until that moment, still be still be careful. But go to Jaspers, free parking, great food, great place to watch all the college basketball this weekend, all the college basketball next weekend. Uh, they got the patio, although it's been kind of dreary in Nashville this week. But uh, they got the patio open. It was which, nice yesterday, but you know. dreary today. Oh, that's right. We, we grilled for the first time. This week. Yeah, I was going to say, don't don't write Nashville off that much, but that's true. today is very traditional Nashville weather, so I know where you're coming from. No, you're absolutely right. I just, I, I forgot about last night even. Like, we sat outside with the two girls, smoked some chicken, actually ate outside. There were no bugs. We're going to have, like, three or four of those days in Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then it'll be, and then it'll be, to quote Jason Isbell, the summer will be blistering. So, it was, um, it was, not, it's the little things in 2020 and I couldn't let that pass by. Cause I wanted to remind you that yesterday was good. Yes. Yes. Tuesday was beautiful. Uh, all right. Go to Jasper's great food, great menu, great place to watch the game. Free parking. Have we mentioned the free parking? Great. 9,000 square feet. Did I get that right? Yeah. 9,000 square feet. That's absolutely right. Very refreshing menu. Very smart menu. Great place to watch games. Gold standard cocktail. We're working on getting Aaron Dugan in the fringe element of cocktail as well. Probably How something. How hard are we based. working exactly? I have a meeting with them this week. Okay. So right. I will, I, it will be raised. It will be raised in conversation. Okay. Okay. Um, I like that. Thank you. Thank you for trying. Spencer but you just Hall- try as hard as it takes to get it. Go ahead. Spencer Hall is our guest today. Aaron, is this the first chance you've ever had to speak with Spencer Hall personally for this amount of time? Yes. And I was very excited when I found out you got him to come on and I am just as excited having talked to him that I I was, he was everything that I hoped he would be and more. And I'm convinced he's one of the smartest people on the planet and that he was actually Socrates in his last life, which we will talk about. I don't think I need to add anything else. Spencer Hall is, I, I have been following his work and reading his work since the first year I got into sports media covering college football in 2005 for Rivals.com. And I don't think I need to say anything else. I think we just let him do the work here because he's that good and I am that appreciative. We are that appreciative of his time and coming on the show with us. So without any more blathering from me, everybody out there, enjoy our conversation with the great Spencer Hall. Spencer, first of all, man, thank you so much for joining us on Fringe Element today. We appreciate it. Oh, hey, my pleasure. So I, I do feel like, and I tell this story to anyone that I know as sort of a badge of honor, that I used to book you on an old satellite space radio show, by the, and you were going by Orson Swindle at the time. And I'd like to think that we were early adopters of Every Day Should Be Saturday. Can you tell people how it got started 
and why the pseudonym and then the evolution of, to, of, of becoming yourself, Spencer? Can you tell people how you became yourself? <laughs> uh, yeah, I can kind of get there. Uh, I was underemployed at the time and started a blog and I really could never write about any one thing consistently, but I ended up writing about college football. That just is what I landed on. And because I was a huge fan and really just didn't stop. And at one point started to realize, okay, well, maybe I can do this full time. And at a certain point you have to uh, come out and say, I actually have a name unless you just want to write under a pseudonym for the rest of your life, which, you know, that's fine. Work for George Orwell, but unless you're Orwell, you can't pull that off. So I had to just, you know, being a hack, I had to go by my actual name at one point. I had to go by my government because the IRS was eventually going to start asking questions. When you, so when you did that and you say you started out of boredom to begin with, but also probably a love of writing and what's made you so good at what you do, Spencer, is your ability to see things in a, in a different way than everybody else. When did you realize in the sports realm that that was going to benefit you and not hurt you? You don't have to have been a professional athlete. You don't have to know every single stat that everybody else knows, although you are extremely knowledgeable. When did you realize that that was going to serve you? I think you get accidentally knowledgeable, right? Like, I think you, like, I, I assure you, yeah, I could not learn stuff if I did it intentionally. I just think after a while, it's very weird. Um, and I'm answering your question in reverse, so sorry. But I can, now I can tell stuff about football pre-snap that's just from watching a ton of it, like way too much of it, like even more so than your average fan. Um, like, and it's kind of frustrating because sometimes you do get a little Tony Romo-ish. I'm not quite on that level. But like, you know, I can get like good, you know, 30% accuracy pre-snap or I can go, oh, this is a run because how can you tell? And you're like, that fat guy's leaning forward, right? And once you <laughs> see that fat guy leaning forward in his toes and not his heels, it's over. Like you, you can really start to see that stuff, especially in college where they don't do as good a job hiding it as they do in the pros, right? Um, that's why one reason why Romo gets paid a lot of money. He can see that in the pro level from the booth, which is nuts. Um, but going back to... Um, like when did I realize it was beneficial? I don't know if I've realized that yet. It has, it's an advantage and it's a disadvantage at the same time, because if you can only say things one way and I really only can, you know, like that's, that's just how I talk. It's just how I see things. And if you can only see things one way, um, and you don't try to work or learn anything or expand on it, then that's going to be pretty limited. Um, or if you don't understand that, yeah, maybe what you've done has changed a little bit. And that's fine. That That's evolution. If you didn't change at all, I don't think you would be able to do this past a certain like window of three to five years, you know, but there's the other thing too, which I think is probably the one universal. If you write about something, you should generally still find some joy in it or to enjoy it, or it's just going to be dead. Like nobody's going to want to read it. Right. Even if that, it's got to have some like emotional tie because that's why i think people watch sports for distraction first but then ultimately a connection right like you may not have a whole lot of clear wins or losses in your life but if you watch a sport you're going to get some resolution right that's why people hate ties <laughs> generally speaking right or even if it's like like soccer does this right they'll, they'll settle they'll sell a tie but they'll always have a plot right like oh they came back they equalized or this kind of crappy team managed to hang with this team and, and it's an exciting draw and we get the sequel next. They'll always mention the next, right? Like if there's two teams that tie, 
they'll go, well, they're, they're going to play down the road because people want that ending. They want that resolution. They want something to come of it. Well, and you talk about emotional attachment. A lot of that for, especially those of us in the SEC is, is, is either our community, our family, you know, those types of things that have sort of lured us into this community of, of people that all sort of love the same thing. I will ask you this though, cause you talked about still having joy for it and, and watching the game. I, I did find myself, did, did, did you have a moment where friends or family, you had to like not watch the games with them because you were doing the Tony Romo thing, like not necessarily on purpose, but like I, w- I watched Packers games with my dad. I had to stop for a couple of years because he'd be screaming about a pass interference call. And I have to be like, dude, that was, that was PI dad. I'm sorry. And he's like, what the hell do you know? Like, I'm like, I, I don't know. It's my job. Like I'm supposed to know that that's a pass interference. So it actually affected my relationships. Did you ever have that moment? Um, I, I've, I've only had that moment a couple of times. Most of the time, uh, most of the time my family and friends are either they know as much as I do or more. And so if you watch with somebody who doesn't know anything, then I generally hit a point where I saw a clip of Keanu Reeves talking about how he doesn't argue with any people anymore ever. Like if somebody says like, Hey, the sun's coming up in the West, he's like, yeah, man, <laughs> you know, and like, and I don't yeah, want to, you know, yeah, think, yeah, yeah, man. I don't want to interfere. Cause like the last thing I want to do, somebody is teach them anything intentionally. Like if I want to teach you, it'll be accidental. Right. Um, so if somebody's vibing and they're just having a good time yelling about that pass interference play, I'm like, if they if they say, hey, do you think that was P.I.? I'll be like, no, nah. but, you know, do you <laughs> like we you want to argue about it? The, the next play is happening in 20 seconds. We have to watch that. You know, like you get very you don't get tied to you don't. I think it's real important generally, like especially like if you're on the Internet for a long time, you can't get too tied up in the wrongness of someone's opinion because you're like, they got to carry that. That's not my fault. Like one of the most useful things you could do is be like, you're a bad opinion that ain't my fault. And it's, it's really, it's not impacting me personally. If you think that this guy's a good quarterback or a bad quarterback or a good coach or a bad coach, because you know what? I might be wrong. Let's just all marinate in this uncertainty together and also <laughs> plays in 10 seconds. You have called um, football or like college football for you, a side door to what you actually want, which I think from, you know, knowing enough about you that really maybe I'm being presumptuous, but that door is connection. Um, can you explain that a little bit? And it's funny that you bring up, you know, people that are going off on Twitter or, you know, cause there's connection comes in good and bad. So, um, yeah. would love like your favorite hate tweet. And then also, you know, what that goal is for you, that side door, is it connection or is it something else? I think my favorite, uh, my favorite hate tweet recently is a guy who said, God, you really look like that, which to me, that is always like, would you walk up to a warthog in the wild and be like, dude, what is up with this? Be like, no, this, this is how this thing was made. This is its form. This is how, <laughs> how it would really, this is how you got to look. That guy was allegedly an anesthesiologist. And like, yeah, you have so many good lines when an anesthesiologist comes at you for being you, you know, like you could just tell the guy like, Hey, do me a favor and go put yourself to sleep. That'd be good. Just like, keep it walking. buddy. But, but like, at the same time, like, I'd rather ask the existential question and go, what, what did one expect? You know, what did, what, what, what circumstances did you assume about my life would be any different than this? That's when you talk about like the side door to what you really want to talk about though, you know, which, yeah, sometimes that's connection, but a lot of times like stick to sports to me is like the funniest, 
possible commentary because sports is one of the highest functions of society, meaning it's dependent on all of the lower ones that run into it, right? Like, I think the pandemic proved that. We can't have sports without a basic understanding of public health. We can't. It just doesn't happen. You can't have games. You can't have people in the stands, right? You can't have, like, you cannot have sports without a basic understanding of uh, the first person plural. There's not a we, there's not a sport, right? Um, so the idea of sticking to sports and not having politics involved, no, 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 no. You should absolutely explain politics, but you can't go at it head on. You have to always come at it at a side door and kind of drop people into that and then reveal what they're in and then see how they deal with it. You can't tell them, you know, like for me, if you're real overt about it, that's like putting... Um, I'm going to try to Disneyfy this if I can't. It would be like putting the big drop on Splash Mountain at the start. No, you got to go through the whole briar patch. And you got to come. <laughs> Your metaphors are unmatched. Yeah, it's they're barely coherent sometimes. But but follow <laughs> me here. Like you need the big drop at the end, or it doesn't have any impact, right? Why would you go through the rest of the ride? How do you get there? It's a process, and you know, like that for me, like my understanding of college athletics in particular where people don't get paid above the table right it's impossible to like not recognize that at every point or specifically in the sec how this part of the country with its very peculiar history and its very unique history when it comes to uh to race and sports and politics and poverty like you can't you can't get three steps in the door and not start lying if you don't recognize that, right? Like if I don't recognize that, if I don't tell, if you don't tell the Cam Newton story without recognizing any of that, for instance, then I'm lying to you. I'm not going to be a very good storyteller or I'm not going to be a very good person to talk to about things because I'm just going to be lying to you and telling you what you want to hear. Well, and I, that's Bear Bryant's halftime, you know, that's Bear Bryant's post-games situation against USC. It's like, look, guys, this is this is how we're gonna win right here. Like <laughs> his, his name is Charles. <laughs> like here you go, and and it's just you know we see it all the time. I, I'm with like I probably am flawed in that, in that I sort of want to like beat people over the head with it. And as I've gotten older, I've I've learned that I need to I, I have to you have to come at it in a different way. You can't you can't hate people for thinking different things and feeling different ways. You gotta and and once you sort of drop all of that, I think you learn pretty quickly that we're all kind of the same. And <laughs> And and, yeah. and, that, and that's why we can all sit in the same stadium with a million different backgrounds and a million different opinions about a million different things and all scream, you know, go Cox together. So uh, I'm, a, I'm a little more sinister about it. <laughs> like, I think if the pandemic has proven anything to me. I'm like, oh, we are not all on the same page. We might all be in the same stadium, but there are like 70,000 very different experiences happening here. And I don't think that's necessarily like bad from my perspective, because it teaches me to be on my toes. Like the story that I think I'm telling might not be the one someone else is hearing at all. So I have to be very aware of that, that when I assume something or like when I assume, and I mean, this just goes to like real brass tack stuff when you go, okay, well, like this is a great player. I don't know if somebody accepts that. Right. Or if I say South Carolina football is generally, if you just look back and you go, this is a, this is a bad program. This is a bad program that never wins anything. and doesn't have a whole lot of resources for some people. That is a radical thing to say right when to me it's like the most obvious thing when you go here's the whole history of the program and i can point like verse line you know verse course verse like i can point you to exactly if i say this thing 
I can't really move that, right? And to me, that's like also the most compelling part of storytelling, right? Like, you seen the, uh, you seen the Maradona doc? No, yeah, the, the, H- the HBO, like he's, it's fascinating. Yeah, it's the Asif Kapadia doc. And like, I love that form of storytelling because they're like, hey, here's Maradona doing cocaine on camera and hanging out with mobsters. Here's an hour of that. And we, we've got another hundred hours, right? So when I tell you the story, I'd much rather show it to you and just have you give you no choice but to stumble against it and either completely deny it and then, okay, you've made a decision, right? Or to go, okay, yeah, that's that's probably what happened, right? So like, I, 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 I have to be careful when I talk about things to go, who's hearing what and how do I make it as, how do I make this case as, ironclad as i can without beating people over the head right like when i can tell the whole story and when somebody says well why did that happen you come back to the bluntest possible answer with the most possible evidence that they can't move is that sort of the the reason and also like antithetical to like why hate and asperger comes about like it's just sort of like it's both things at the same time yeah it's like a way to tell the truth because like the best jokes you can tell aren't joking at all Right. Like if I just told you the whole Bobby Petrino story at Arkansas, it's the funniest thing. And I don't have to make up a line. Right. You're like, okay, so they hire him at midnight after he abandons the Falcons. That happened. <laughs> they hired a dude at midnight. Right. Um, you know, and he has his mistress on the back of a motorcycle. You would not, I don't have to fictionalize anything there. If anything, if I wrote that down, you'd probably go, oh, it's a little heavy handed as a script right we should probably nobody would believe that that's too sensational but that's what happens right or if i told you like for me right now when you go okay do players get paid and i'm like well look at where the best college football players go and spend three or four years of their lives they go to columbus they go to clemson south carolina and they go to tuscaloosa alabama what 18 year old in their right mind is going either either one of those three places without some additional incentives right well you'll probably go to the nfl even then your success rates suck they really do if you're if you're an amateur athlete looking to go professional yeah alabama might put you in spot and you'll get drafted you know you stand a better chance of getting drafted but the odds are still bad so what what are you getting what what are your incentives are those the three places that an 18 year old is just like sorry an 18 year old is just like craving to go to it's not where i wanted to go when i was 18 at all and i don't think i'm that weird so is is this all happening just because people are making a rational understanding of how they invest their time in order to potentially turn pro i don't know again i'm just going to make the case i'll be like look at this and then evaluate the rest of reality how does that add up to you (laughs) a little bit of a harsh transition but you bring up Alabama and mm-hmm. I, in your, well, and also in relationship to your love of college football and how when teams, what NFL being professional and everyone's a professional, how much of the mystery and possibility that strips out of the game. Can you yeah. talk a little bit about that? The magic of college football in, in terms of possibility. I know you've struggled to watch Alabama a little bit this year, yeah. and probably next year because of that. I don't know. They're more fun than they used to be like way more fun. I like a team that just drops bombs on people. And though he doesn't want to, Nick Saban has to do that now. And that's wildly entertaining. Like if you don't watch what, if you don't like watching Jalen well and Devante Smith running past people, then we are not the same people. And I have to acknowledge that our tastes are very different, but you know, when, when you talk about like 
like college football having any kind of magic whatsoever. It's just in that 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 things are not random and outcomes are pretty certain. But when they're flipped, there's a real big payoff. And I think that's important to note. When you say anything can happen in college football, that's not true. Um, in Bedlam, Oklahoma will win. Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State. Oklahoma will win. That is the one thing that can happen. That is my co-host Jason Kirk's line. And it is one of the best summaries of how things work. This is a sport of real big powers. It works a lot like the EPL in that respect that, you know, there's really only three or four teams in the EPL, maybe five that, you know, traditionally have any chance of winning. But people still watch because one, I think they like having bankable characters, right? If I show up at any point in college football, I'm betting on Alabama. I'm betting on Ohio State because they've been that good that long. And there's a lot of reasons for that. If you want to get into it, I'm sure we can have this fascinating socio-historical discussion about how that happened. But generally speaking, it's a real simple, easy story to tell. If I'm like, these people always good, you know, this big monster, go bet on this big monster, right? And sometimes that big monster loses. When the big monster loses, that's fascinating. At the same time, too, you have a talent level that really enables like wide variances in terms of who's facing somebody across the line. You might have Devontae Smith, a wide receiver, who on any given play could end up against Tough Borland. Tough Borland's a good football player at the college level. Um, he won't see an NFL roster. I just do not think that it's going to happen. And if he does, I don't think he'll hang on long because he might end up against Devontae Smith again. And when you saw that in the playoff, it went really badly for Tough Borland. That's not Tough Borland's fault, by the way. Don't, don't, tough- don't hate on Tough Borland now. No, 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 no. Tough got put in a bad spot, man. Right. And when you say somebody like that's another thing, too, is that I think the talent's a little more relatable. Right. And that's something because I don't think it's very hard for the average person to relate to LeBron James in terms of physical talent, because he's capable of so many things you could not possibly get on the first step of, much less the fifth. You know, like it's kind of like being a strong man. We are all Jim Leonard. All of us are just Jim Leonard. That's all we are. Like it maybe, Right. (laughs) You might be like 10% of Jim Leonard athletically. And I think when you watch him, you know that you're like, well, one, I'm never going above the rim. It's like watching a strong man when you go, well, what do you do first? Well, first you should be born really strong. And then second, you should lift a tree over your head. And you're like, well, I can't lift a tree. And they're like, too bad. Cause you got to lift a tree for reps before you lift the big tree. Right? Like you're so far removed from that. But in college you go, ah, that kicker kind of looks like I would in spandex. Basically. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I I, I agree. By the way, um, that we are pro fullback and tight end on the show. So as much as we all have the same taste as you and enjoy watching Jalen Waddle and, and Devonte Smith yeah. run fast, I, I also love fullbacks too. They are people, and I love a good old pro style offense as well. So um, you know, occasionally I like to change it up a little bit. Fringe Element is brought to you by Jaspers. Jaspers caught you off guard there, didn't I? You did. You pointed to me and you always have like 6,000 things to say. It's a very smart menu, 9,000 square feet. I can repeat all this stuff back to you. Happy hours every day, pretty much of the week. Um, Yep. Everybody but Friday, 6 p.m. till close. Yep. Uh, And during Preds games. And during Preds games and four to six. they They have like 11 happy hours, actually. Yeah, the wine flight. I talked about this last week, but great. Monday yep. nights. Flight night. Yep, on Monday night. Yep. Flight you night. Do, yep. You could do beer. You can also you got, do beer. Yep. You got bubbles um, and rose on Wednesday. Good time to take the wife and not tell her. That's why you're taking her on Wednesday night. Yeah, I'm sure she'd figure it out. But yeah, until she got there. 
<laughs> you mean that you're taking her there because there's a discount? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, we're savvy shoppers, you know. She doesn't mind. Mm -hmm. My personal favorite is Thursday nights the uh, the burger and beer, where you get yep. a burger or a hot dog, which is not really a hot dog. It's freaking awesome fancy. dog. Yeah, yeah, fancy dog and a beer for ten dollars. It's amazing. It's yep. a great deal. It's a great deal. And Thursdays are generally one of the best days of the NCAA tournament to watch college basketball. So 6 p.m. to close Thursday night, go to Jasper's, get yourself a burger and a beer for 10 bucks and watch college basketball. Like what? Still super spread out. Yeah. Even at the bar, they lots of distance between people because the restaurant's literally huge. I mean, there's like a, a little bit of a nicer dining room, casual dining room, really big, cool, like hectagon slash octagon. Can't remember how many sides there are shaped bar. Am I wrong, Braden? You're looking at me weird. I think it's a square. I think there are four sides. I would venture to say that you're, incorrect well why don't you text somebody text somebody and let's <laughs> i'll i'll be over there this week i'll check it out um okay. but you're right there's lots of different areas for different kind of different, different vibes and uh it's a really awesome place to go free parking uh great food as well did did the person you went last with to jasper's find out about the fact that this person was mentioned on the podcast i don't think so okay i have heard no word of it mentioned. Okay. Then I guess we'll move on. <laughs> I <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. I guess maybe if I, if he's going to hear one, maybe it shouldn't have been last week. So hopefully picks up this week. Jasper's determining the relationship for 30 years. <laughs> ETRing headquarters, <laughs> in, Jasper's on West end in Nashville for 30 years, serving great food <laughs> and, and defining the relationship, <laughs> determining the relationship. Is it defining or determining? I think it's define. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's define the relationship. DTR. Got, gotta the relationship. Have, you got to have that DTR talk. Uh, you know, I haven't had one in <laughs> like nine years. It's been wonderful. That's probably good based on your current situation. If y'all had to redetermine, oh. we'd probably be in trouble. Well, it's always in the first like month or so or two. You know, it's yeah. always kind of like, hey, are we on the same page or not? You know, like that's kind of what it is. Right. And I haven't had that in a long time. So just been oh. on the same page, her page for the last nine years. That's the only way it can be. And I am team Haley on this one. Keep trucking. Keep trucking. Go to Jasper's and keep trucking. <laughs> <laughs> These taglines, I can't. They're going to be like, you guys are fired. Well, DTRing at Jasper's. Keep trucking. Our, our, our tagline, uh, it's an entire vibe. That was one. Ja the one on gold standard this week was go, go to Jasper's and, and don't do drugs. <laughs> Why did you get there? You got to listen to this, the pod, Adam. No, has, Adam, Adam sucks. Adam has lots of stories about. In, Adam's in, a troll. <clears throat> a little bit, a little bit. Little bit Again, of a troll. I, I, didn't, I, I have started many a things in my life, but my, the trolling of Adam Vingen was definitely started by, started by him and was directed towards me. That is, I can confirm. I'll be a second source on that. Thank you. Go to Jasper's where they will not troll you. They are extremely nice people. They cook extremely good food. And it's an extremely fun place to watch a game with your friends. How about that? Love it. You do bring up the question about these proven commodities and sort of proven expectations and outcomes. And we, we I mean, we agree. And I do think it's bad for the sport. Uh, you know, the guy's name that's on your shirt has convinced me that, that the apathy is is bad for the sport long term over the course of the entire um, you know entire country there there have to be some mechanisms to spread out the talent do you do you have any ideas as to how that's going to work how that's possible at all to spread out the the, the talent across more teams pay you should pay them 
that's my novel suggestion is that you should pay them and that you end up with something that's effectively like a salary cap. And even then um, it's going to be difficult without professionalizing the sport, because if we say, okay, here, you have a stipend. Okay. So now are we in a situation where somebody could give money on the side to somebody already receiving a stipend? Okay. We've seen that before and we'll always cheat. That's college football. We will always cheat. And I think that's like, that's sports generally, right? Like if you're not cheating, you're not trying. That's the notion. People will push where there is a loophole. They will exploit it until it is cut off. And if they don't, they're going to feel like they're not competing. They're going to feel like they're not doing everything they can to win. You know, like when you see a team get caught, quote unquote, cheating, right? What they're trying to do is they're trying to win this silly game that you pay to watch and that you spend a lot of time to watch, right? And they're competitors. They're going to do everything they possibly can to the letter of the law and beyond it. So you have to create something that is on the books. And if you create something that's on the books, it's taxable. If you create something that's taxable, that's income. And we have to, we have to professionalize things. You can't put a salad. You can't put, imagine this. If you told Alabama, okay, (laughs) we, first of all, we, we have, you can only have so many four stars and five stars. First thing I'm doing is I am going and bribing the crap out of every single scout I can find to tell me that this five-star O-lineman, this guard I want, right, who can run a four-six and is 340 pounds and can bench the earth. Guess what I want? I want a three-star rating on him. You put him at three stars, okay? Do you know who's going to take that? A scout. You're trying to tell me I couldn't bribe rivals in two four seven for way less money than you think? No, no, no. Everyone's <laughs> on that level. Right. And if what if I if I do that for 10, if I do that for 20, I'll put whatever you want there. Right. Not unbelievable. I won't make him a one star. I'll take we, him a three. We, we just spent twenty five million dollars to fire Will Muschamp. Uh huh. Like, no, nope. yeah. you don't think you could you don't think you could afford a, a, a recruiting editor at 24 seven sports. Right. Or if I said, All right, you only get that many four stars and, and five stars and four stars. Okay, cool. I'll have somebody gray shirt. I'll have somebody take a year off. We will find a way around this very silly rule that you have done because water flows downhill and we were going to take that big tsunami of cash and it's just going to run roughshod into the spot I want it to run in, right? It's the chaos theory. It's gravity. Like basically, this is going to go downhill. You just need to go ahead and channel it. So if people are still interested in this sport in 20 years and people still want to play it, if you want to have anything resembling parody, one, you need to decide if parody's good, which that's an argument you can make. You can be like, hey, listen, everybody seems to watch even though the same five teams win, right? EPL does fine with that. Golf, when it's had dominant powers, has been that's when golf has actually been at its best, right? People watch the NFL growing up. Remember before the before the cap, before the cap, it was like, who's in the Super Bowl? Bills 49ers. Somebody versus the 49ers. That was it every year. New York Giants. And the 49ers would just buy their way in. That's why they were so good. Go back and look at the 1980s. And they're like, man, why were the 49ers awesome? You're like, they have really nice towels. And they paid everyone more money. That's what every NFL player who went to the 49ers said. They were like, I've made a mistake. I should have been playing here all my life. (laughs) They have like fountains and art in the building. It's beautiful. Like they'd come from places like the Eagles. Like if you read. Mark Bowden, who wrote a book about the Philadelphia Eagles uh, under Buddy Ryan, said that everybody who went from the Eagles, like two or three players went from the Eagles to play the 49ers, they're like, oh, God, that franchise was crap. 
They were cheap. They didn't spend money on anything. And that's really like, we have the same thing now. You look at the programs that spend the most money in college football, they're the best programs. The ones that spent, that have the biggest payrolls in terms of who's actually on the payroll and the biggest recruiting budgets, they, they're the nicest programs. So like you say, well, hey, we don't want this thing to be, we don't want this thing to be just an arms race for cash. It already is. That's probably because it's one of the only things besides the church that pulls people so hard that they will take literally take earnings and mm-hmm. give it to something else that is not them with no, return. I, with no return. So I'm guessing that mm-hmm. comes back to community. Cause I don't know how else you put a price tag on, you know, actually cutting out a piece of your salary. And for a lot of people, especially in the sec, a big, a, what is a really big chunk for a not so high salary a lot of times. So it's interesting that you bring that up. I don't really know how many forces there are besides the church and college and sports that really do that. I know that there are others leading into this though. What do you think that you were in your past life? Because I feel like you were a philosopher. Uh, I think I have an answer for your question. Addictions, by the way, vice. When you go like, what else? And you would, what else? You're like vice, uh, just gambling casinos. Right, which again, yeah, but, but what are the payoffs of religion and of college football? Like, it's about it's about some memory you hold in your head or some some vision of something you hold in your head for the rest of your life, right? Like, isn't right. that like or, or Auburn, right. Auburn fans have what happened in 2010 in their heads for the rest of their lives? Who, who cares how much it costs? Long, and people will go a very long way towards feeling good about identity or that payoff or the combination thereof. You know, like Texas, Texas only gave Texas basically just exchanged coaches over an identity issue that was it like we we have emails i can't again i'm not making this up this is not a stretch i can show you the emails from boosters that's things like like hey you won't get my money if you won't sing my choo-choo song you know if you want my little if you want my little i've been working on the railroad song you won't get my money that's nuts but like that was actually the deciding factor there and so people will go a long way towards feeling good about their identities what was i in a past life um thank you for circling back around because i was definitely going to press you for this yeah i didn't i didn't forget um i think probably something like a horse thief like whatever was a short payoff like that (laughs) that's that's probably like because i I can't i don't think i would have been like a grand mastermind of a plan but the idea of a real quick payoff that you just get away with like horse thief's a good one You'd have to have a really good. I don't believe you. Like you'd have to have a really good horse guy that you could go to and get rid of the horses in a pretty short period of time. Right. Right. That's probably where my plan would fall apart. I have a very short attention span. So I just end up with a bunch of horses that belong to somebody else trying to fence them badly. Right. (laughs) And that's how you find your horse like across town. Right. Where I was just like (laughs) up on this plan. I went and took a nap. Um, uh, Philosopher. I don't know. Like Socrates was Socrates was uh was like we were talking about this the other day that Socrates was like the ultimate poster like Socrates would never log off and they basically ancient Athens said hey you need to stop talking or we're going to kill you and he's like I will never log off I will keep posting and they're like ah we got to kill you and he's like all right that's fine I'll do it like there was no more there was no more like ban me go ahead and ban me I will never stop posting than Socrates so I don't I don't know about philosopher but definitely anything where you were kind of like on the frontier uh and and couldn't you know where you were far enough away from civilization where like you could have like three different jobs, you know, like 
that's still kind of the case in Alaska. When I've talked to people from Alaska, they're like, yeah, you can still be like a barber and a surgeon here. And also like, (laughs) and also be like the town landscaper, you know? I think I think you're basically Daniel Day Lewis in in um, uh, what's the damn oil movie? I just blanked. There was blood. <laughs> like you're basically him. Like you 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 want to be out in the middle of nowhere, making up your own rules, but you really just want to you know dig a hole and find a bunch of money at the bottom, right? That would be yeah. That that would be that would be fantastic, you know. Or uh, and, and drink milkshakes, of course. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, that that's that's. I think the other one that I really liked. Uh, as a character is when you go well, well who you identify with you're like i like uh master and commander the the doctor who's like yeah i would really like to do super important but um i keep getting pulled away from that to go and figure out how to catch a french frigate right um he's way more skilled than i am but uh but like generally that position where they're like yeah this, this guy he's, he's pretty smart and we make sure that uh we make him do like real basic things all day so he can feel like ah i'm never quite there so you mentioned Socrates and, and I, you, you just went on a rant about what we do for identity <laughs> yeah, and how Socrates would just die for his own identity. Basically do it, man. Like, people, um, by the way, like, like that's an important lesson of adulthood. Like when I think about like very, when I try to think about very big issues, you go, well, certainly people wouldn't do that for that. You go, don't assume that yeah. you're like, people would do all sorts of real grandiose things over things that you thought were completely unimportant. All right. So let's play this game then. And let's take the, 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 the dumbest, craziest, whatever adjective you want to use, fan of every team in the SEC. You put, sure. them in a, you put them in a house, real world style with cameras. I don't know what the contest is. I don't think it's like too hot to handle or married at first sight or anything like that crap. But whatever the contest is, who, who wins? Who is the star of that show? Who is the internet talking about every episode? What, every SEC team is represented. What, what happens? Give a plot, Braden. Like, is it going to be like, watch, no. I know you're going to ask this question. Um, like, is it like Big Brother? Is it like Survivor? Like, what are we doing? Are we trying to out-trick yeah. each other? Are we trying to out-physically perform? The winner gets the SEC championship. I mean, right? Isn't that what happens? Okay. Yeah, so we need two in the SEC championship, and the winner wins it, right? So um, so I guess if we're, like, voting housemates, I, like, I, I would go, like, the coexisting route where you go, okay, who's going to do the dishes and like who is everyone going to like along with, and then who will be arch enough to sort of snake their way through and get it. Um, LSU and South Carolina are leaving early because they're both crazy. Right. So they'll, they'll give you like a theatrical fight at one point and then they'll be booted out. Right. Like they might be, I could see South Carolina getting booted or LSU getting booted out by the producers when that happens. (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes it's not even a matter of voting. They say they violated the contestant rules and we have to, <laughs> yeah. Like overnight, everyone just wakes up and they've they've disappeared. Um, and I think, so we can count both of them as being voted out for fighting or just being uh, Arkansas too. Arkansas is going to do something real out of pocket, right? Like they're going to poop on the pool table or something. They're just not. They're also kind of insane. They're not. They're probably going to to get out as well. I think you know, Miss State, low profile, going to be like a like last six or last four in Missouri no one's gonna like you so you're gonna get voted out pretty early because no one even knows you're there they're just like what is, what is this completely uncharismatic nothing right there, well there's always I, there's I, always one character the on every, there's always one character right. on a reality show that you've watched like six episodes and all of a sudden they they have the one camera shot of that person 
and you look over at your wife and you're like, we haven't seen this person Who in like four again? episodes. That's Missouri, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Also, there's one person who's obviously of a different class than everyone else who gets voted out because they're just too posh or they're too highfalutin. Vandy, Vandy's going to get voted out pretty early. <laughs> oh. They're gonna they're gonna go. You know, when I was at summer camp in Moab, I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like. So yeah, when I was going to grad school, what? Yeah, get out. So Vandy's Damn. out. Yeah, uh, UGA UGA I think is they, they don't know how to act under pressure, right? So t- top four, but no higher. They're gonna they'll mess it up because okay. they're UGA. Um, I love this. Yeah, Florida's Keep going. gonna get. Go ahead. Keep going. Yeah, Florida's going to get pretty far because um, we'll lie and cheat. So we'll get pretty far. Also, fairly likable, but with some enemies. So I feel like that's probably like a last six kind of thing. Um, Florida will attempt an alliance and mess it up, uh, particularly now that Dan Mullen's in charge, because the interpersonal skills are kind of, you know, we're a little blunt, (laughs) like a little too Yankee for the rest of the conference. Thanks to that influx of New Yorkers. So we'll say something really blunt and we'll say something direct and it'll probably end up with us getting voted off. So I think like, you going through old miss old miss is going to go pretty far but then ultimately like they'll just make a horrendous mistake on a challenge or something they'll right? get too drunk right before they have to ru- like run a race or something undoubtedly undoubtedly right or they'll just yeah. like there'll be an egg race and they'll misunderstand the concept of the egg race completely right <laughs> like, like we weren't throwing them carry them on the spoon like that kind of thing. Like it's just throwing it as hard as possible right into a Mississippi State fan's ear hole. Like just <laughs> this is right. like the best trolling session ever. Right. Um, All right. So what we got left? We've got Tennessee, Auburn, Bama, A and M, Tennessee, Auburn, Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah, who A&M, else we got? Like A and M's like colorful, the, the big colorful Texan. Um, but and A and M's going to get further than you think because they're real smart. Like A and M's way smarter than you think, but. They will fold under pressure, so I think they're out. They're probably like a, a six or a five. I think they probably like five. My last four, if I had to get them, would be Auburn and Alabama, right? Because they're very similar, and they probably like they probably soak up a lot of the same oxygen. So they're headed for collision, but they're they're probably okay until like the confines get too small. Well, or, think- or 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 hang on, are they the couple that is together the entire like ninety percent of the show? And that helps them get their way through the show. But then there's this massive blow up because they both want to go fuck other people at the end. Um, I mm. think the only thing Auburn wants to fuck is Alabama. That's so, good, well, obviously somebody has to get hurt right. here, Spencer. Okay. Somebody yeah. Has to get yeah. Hurt. Uh, so yeah, and Auburn's going to get hurt because generally Auburn loses to Alabama. So that's what's <laughs> going to happen. Um, I think it's far because Kentucky's just agreeable generally, right? Like oh, kind of competitive and, but they're not going to threaten you too much. And then when they become a threat, you have to flush them. Right. And they, they get out of the paint pretty quickly, but I still think they could be like a final four. And I sort of see Tennessee in there because Tennessee is like a venerable member of the conference and has a lot of colorful traditions and they would be okay. Um, you know, I, I think that, that it'll probably end up like if I had to do the most old school result, like the last two would be Alabama and Tennessee. And of course that would be a blowout. Like the finale, like most reality shows, it'd be disappointing. You'd be like, ah, it's going to be Alabama, and it'll be Alabama. I, I think the desperation currently helps the Tennessee in this situation. It, it, it could. Georgia's it not that desperate. They don't know what that feels like because Athens is cool. I think I might have underrated their, their crazy. Like, that's another thing, too, is that, like, low-key. Also, Tennessee might, you know, Tennessee might keep the cash going around, the producers, right? Just mm-hmm. keep it going. Um, I'm 
I feel like you needed this as a W for you though, Braden. like you in Spencer's hypothetical reality TV show situation, that's the closest thing you've gotten to like Tennessee football happiness in, in a while. Do you know okay. what I mean? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's, okay. A, that's, a top, that's a top two finish. I'd take I, it. Yeah. I've, you got to. Yeah. <laughs> in the conference. It was just a shame, by the way, like, like I, I growing up had as intense a dislike for them as anyone else, but like, I don't know, man. Tennessee fans are funny. Um, like really, like, that's what I've learned is that they're really funny and like in their misery and then like, like their attitude, like they are so, they are so to me, like of their place and of their space that like the brand, <laughs> the brand is strong. And I kind of miss that brand occasionally, you know, like getting loose and like crashing cars. Like when Tennessee, <laughs> I don't think you understand when Tennessee wins stuff, there's property damage real property damage people behaving very irresponsibly and i love that i love that somebody <laughs> says i got so excited we won the football game Woo, i put my truck in the lake you're like what <laughs> <laughs> we we had a this is a true story when i lived in the fort this was 2001 travis stevens in gainesville when the game got moved to the end of the yeah. season i was a sophomore in college and we had a sanctioned couch burning by the fire department because we lived in a house right next door to the fire department and we put our porch couches out on the street on Highland Avenue and burnt them the night that Tennessee beat Florida and the fire department was in on the the, the deal like they were like listen these drunk kids need some oh. super they need some supervision and so there was a sanctioned couch burning in the middle of the road in the middle of a like crowded area so yeah and I mean like I I miss that like I I kind of like one of the one of the few things I really enjoyed growing up like I I grew up in the middle of Tennessee area for a good chunk of my childhood and one of the things I really loved were, you know, periodic lack of understanding of basic public safety. Like I, that's for, that's really entertaining. You know, when that happens, like, Hey, I'm going to open up this whole box of bottle rockets and set them off right here. And you go, well, we're in your kitchen. And they're like, so sorry, balls <laughs> for setting these off. Okay. I'm going to ride on the hood of your car twerking in the middle of an intersection. Sure. Because the sure. balls won. Yeah. Like I don't, you know, like, I, I happen to enjoy that. And I like, Hey, one of the best logos in the history of the sec is the old. Um, and if you're a Tennessee fan listening to this, you're going to see it in your head. It's the Davy Crockett logo, right? The lines across it, the profile of Davy Crockett and the like balls. Like, Oh, that's boss. That's like, that's so good. Um, all the people that you collected, I, I don't know how responsible you, you, you are or not, but all, your collection of talented college football media people, um, it, you know, when it was all together at its peak, what, what, what is it that you saw in all of those people? What, what was the common thread in all of these amazing people that you, you guys all worked with and over the course of all your different locations? I, I think everyone that I've managed to work with um, has their own voice. And that's the hardest thing to, to find or teach. You can't really teach it. Somebody just has to have that. And I think they have to be quick and they have to understand that this is both serious and not serious at the same time. You know, by the way, not limited to college football, like Holly Anderson's done hard news and Holly's the most talented person I've ever worked with. And Jane Coaston, Jane Coaston was an EDSBS poster and she's now like New York times editorial. Um, am I taking credit for Jane? Yes. Yes. I'm 100. <laughs> like, do with that jane just like breeze like jane like that's the other thing is that a lot of times these are just people who are like hey can i write this and all you did was say please yes is it good yeah it's great it's phenomenal 
so i think that's it just people who enjoyed it, who sounded like nobody else like that's what i enjoy in any writer somebody who doesn't really sound like anyone else and who can't like i don't like i i like people who have no option but to be themselves in the good sense right people i like if you're somebody who has no choice but to be themselves like and i don't like you please don't <laughs> this this last year has been, you know, upheaval for a lot of us, including me. And I know you've had some of that as well. Um, this all started with writing, as we talked about. And how has, as you kind of circled back with these new projects you have going on, and they're not all writing based, but, uh, you know, at least one of them definitely is. How has that changed? How has your relationship with writing changed from when you started to where you are now? I think I probably I'm more careful about it because I don't do as much of it. So you'd be able, you know, you try to come back and say, well, Hey, what did I actually say? But I, I miss that. Like I, I miss, like, I think there's something to that, like that format. That's fun. It's like short writing when you're writing anywhere between like 400 and a thousand words and just going. And I liked that. Like that's a feedback loop that I miss. I wish there was some sort of way to do that. In a matter that was, you know, as fast as something like Twitter. Like Twitter's great. I, I don't have any complaints about Twitter. I really don't. I have a good mute game, and I don't follow people I hate. That seems to be hard. Um, I think it's easy because I'm a dude. Like it's just harder for women on Twitter and online generally. Um, but I, I have a pretty good experience with it. And what I miss, what I think I would like to do, like there's still a lot of things up in the air. I think you've seen this in sports media too that really the floodgates of accounts receivable will only open once we're all sure that we're getting vaccinated, which is interesting because I now see people doing plans for fall. And that's, you know, that was like the first sign for me that something was really different. It wasn't necessarily vaccination schedules, you know, okay, well, we'll all get vaccinated. It was people saying, okay, so what are you doing this fall? Okay. Well, if big companies are thinking about it, then this must be real. Right. Because the government might have motivations for saying things are going to be one way or another. But companies are like, yo, we got to make money. You know, schools, <laughs> schools in session. So are you, open. Are, are you hinting at what's coming? No, not at all. That would, okay. that would, require, that would require me knowing. Because I think, <laughs> still, like, I really don't, I still don't know what I'm going to be doing this fall. You know, we do the full cast. That's regular. Um, you know, there's like a little newslettering at that. But generally, like, I don't find the newsletter to be like a super fun format you know i prefer things that are a little more immediate you know like to me a newsletter is kind of distanced you know it comes in your email it's here it's like not a comment section and there's no real way to sort of interact with it that's not you know like if you enjoy newsletters that's cool you know i subscribe to a few of them but it wouldn't be like where i think i would want to live so i really don't know um and that's kind of terrifying but you know if you can pay your bills in the meantime with what you got that's not a that's not a bad position to be in at all. Also, I'm in the position of still teaching a kid, you know, because I still have my kids here at home, and I'm basically the para pro for one of my kids. Right, I'm a really bad paraprofessional who doesn't get paid and doesn't have the skills uh, or patience that an actual paraprofessional has. But like for the moment, I'm on dad duty a lot of the time, and that's good. So that's that's an instance of like something working out the wrong way in the best way possible is to go, okay, well, COVID happened, but I get to do this as well. So um, I won't look back on that and regret that at all. I think, that's a, I think that's a good place to put a bow on it. 
if the worst thing that happened to me during COVID is I spent more time with my kids, I probably can't complain too much to anybody about anything. So uh, with that, Spencer, it is a pleasure to have you on the show. We appreciate it. Uh, love all the work you do, man. I've been a fan for going on 15 years now. So um, we appreciate it. And we will talk soon. Thank you, Spencer. No, thanks, y'all. That was our conversation with Spencer Hall. That's all. That was Spencer in all of his glory. And I am so thankful that he came on the show. He is one of those people that I, I'm kind of in awe of. And I have to say that doesn't happen that often. But he's so smart that it kind of intimidates me. But yes, he's so yes. fun to listen to. Yep. I love it. I, I, there's, you know, there's humor. And again, what I think it makes, and we talked about it a little bit at the end of the interview, where you know, part that whole collection of people, and we talked a little bit about this with Alex McDaniel. If you want to hear a little bit more of this, go listen to that interview a couple of weeks ago where she just, and, and something she said stuck with me. And I think it, it sort of embodies all the people that we're talking about here, whether it's the Solid Verbal podcast, whether it's the Shutdown Fullcast, whether it's Godfrey, whether it's Bill Connolly, you know, all these guys and men and women that worked at SB Nation in, in about the same time. Um, it is, you don't have to be objective. You don't want to be, you don't want to remove the passion but you want to be fair and you want to have fun. And I think those are things that all of those people did. And, you know, I, it, it's, they're just great. And I, 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 I can't wait to see what the next chapter is for all of those, all those personalities. We'll see. I, they're not, they're not done yet. That's, that's what I'll say. Oh no, that was, that was too strong of a crew for, for us not to see them all in some capacity again. So we'll look forward to that because we are big fans of that entire group. Yep. Uh, and like, when there's SEC football news to talk about, we'll talk about it. <laughs> but otherwise, I'd much, I'd much rather hang out and determine whether or not it's Alabama or Auburn playing in the real-world reality television show final against Tennessee and how that all plays out. I just, I think, I cannot believe a producer has not put this show together yet, honestly. It's, I almost don't, I almost want you to cut this part out because I don't want somebody else to make money on it. Um, so glad you asked that question because as soon as you asked it, A, I knew it was genius and B, I knew his answer to it was going to be so well thought out. And he meticulously went through every single team, which I knew he would. And also, did you just hear my stomach growl? Can you cut no, that out? No, I didn't. It's really loud. I'm really hungry. <laughs> can you transition us out? I can only think about food. It's all staying in. It's all Damn staying it. in. <laughs> It's all staying in. Listen, we, we got nothing else really to talk about other than to thank Jasper's, our wonderful sponsor. Go to Jasper's, great parking lot. It's an it's an expensive, substantial parking lot. It's very, very many people are talking about this parking lot. So, <laughs> I mean, you definitely have covered the bases for a lot of people. Yes, the parking lot's big. Braden loves a big parking lot, always has. Love, love a good okay, parking well, let's lot. wrap it up. Wrap it up. <laughs> Go to Jasper's because the food is great. The people are wonderful. The, 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 the whole vibe is great. They got TVs everywhere. They got great specials every single night. Check out the website. Check out the weekly rundown. There's a good uh, special from 6 p.m. to close basically every single night of the week. Then during Preds games as well. Uh, go watch some basketball this week and next weekend at Jasper's. You will like it. I promise you. And we're going to get Aaron a cocktail. So go to Jasper's. Special thanks to Spencer Hall. Where can people follow you, Aaron? Um, the Aaron Dugan on Twitter and Aaron underscore Dugan on Instagram. You can follow me at Braden Gall, at 440 Sports on Twitter and Facebook, at 440 Media on Instagram as well. Thank you all for listening. Go to Jaspers. This has been Fringe Element on the 440 Sports Network.
Later.